If you have a Bible, if you want to turn to Daniel chapter 12, Daniel chapter 12, or look it up on your phone. We've been going through the book of Daniel this uh, fall. This is our last um, message on it. This morning we'll do an Advent series starting next um, week. But Daniel chapter 12, we're at the close of the book. This is actually the close of the vision that Daniel had in Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 is one long um, vision. And it is also, just for our church, it's, it's just a close of our collective time in the book of Daniel. But I would encourage you uh, just to dig deeper into it, to take the deeper dive as you go through Daniel. There's so much more we could have looked at. Um, just continue to look at uh, what Daniel has for us. But Daniel chapter 12 says this, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never been since there was a nation till the time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, And behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end. And you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks for this morning. Lord, thanks for the chance to get together again and look at your word and to be with each other and worship you. Lord, thanks for the hope of that and what we're looking forward to. And God, I pray that you would just give us the grace and the strength that we need each moment. I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, you just remove every distraction from our minds, that you open our hearts to your word, that you would teach us from this passage, that we would be encouraged, we would be confronted, 
that we would trust you. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know where you were yesterday, last Sunday afternoon. Um, maybe you didn't see it when it happened, but I uh, was watching some, probably some football, I think, and heard the news of the tragedy that happened in Waukesha at the Christmas parade, uh, just a normal Christmas parade, and all of a sudden a van comes running through, kills uh, six people, and 50 people um, were hurt in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. There's just this chaos as part of what happens in our world, which I thought that was a tragic story until, uh, and is a tragic story. And I was uh, reading this week of a Chicago mom and from the Roseland area who went to see the site of where her 14-year-old son was, had been shot and killed. And while she was going and went to see the site where her son was shot and killed, she gets shot and killed. This is the chaos. And on that, I would encourage you, if you haven't watched the video of Miss Pearl's uh, ministry um, that I've been putting out in the, in the emails, I encourage you to do that for what's going on there. That she's trying to help those types of situations. But this is the chaos that just continually comes and where people are looking for comfort. But the character of God, even for the people of God, is to give assurance and reassurance, which is Really, the book of Daniel, this is what the book of Daniel is all about. It was to give the people of God who see and were living in chaos, being exiled from Babylon uh, for 70 years, not, not, not seeming like God's promises were coming true, but they were given the book of Daniel to see that even though it's a book filled with all kinds of mysteries, it's a book about Assurance, and it helped answer the question for them of Psalm 137 How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How do we sing the Lord's song? How do we worship God? How do we celebrate hope in a land where it's, there's just often chaos and things that are disconcerting to us, even for us? Even though we live in this world as Christians, we are called and are sojourners. We are citizens of another place. And so how do we live in this? How do we sing the Lord's song when people take vans and drive them into parades and children and uh, adults get killed just randomly, it seems? Why, why, how do we sing the Lord's song when moms go to visit their 14-year-old son's graves and then they get shot and killed? How do we sing the Lord's song in it? This is what Daniel's book is supposed to help us do. It, it, it does three things for us. It's meant to anchor us. It's meant to help alter us. And it's meant to assure us. It was Daniel's story as a teenager who was pulled from his family and he had the anchor of his faith where he said, in the, when, as soon as he gets there, he says, I'm going to resolve to do what is right. He, was, he had great integrity. And then as he lived his life and his friends lived their lives and they had the opportunities and the challenges and they would say, no, they, they altered, instead of following the gods of the people, they said, no, we're going to live for God. And Daniel was thrown into the, the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into the burning fiery furnace. But they had a stability because of their faith. And then they also had, as Daniel saw, this, just this great humility with him all the way through. But through these things that we see, 
chaos, carnage, corruption, just in our world, but even personally in our own lives, in our own situations, we often need reassurance. We need need the comfort to know how do we live in a restless world as the people of God? How do we live in a world that is, in many ways, anti-God? We need reassurance, which is what Daniel was given at the beginning of Daniel chapter 10. This 10, 11, and 12, one long vision. If you remember, if you were here, Daniel chapter 10, the angel comes to him. And Daniel's frightened over and over again. He's frightened or he's to the point that he can't even stand. And he's given this reassurance. He's given this comfort. He's given strength to see the rest of the vision. And then he listens to hear what the angel was showing him. Not just 100 years of future history, not just 400 years of future history, but I think thousands of years of future history, Daniel is being shown in this. As we looked at last week in chapter 11, we just walked through history. But if you get to the end of chapter 11, verses 40 and 45, I think most of chapter 11 is about Antiochus Epiphanes, but then it kind of changes. And what is said about this person in Daniel 11, 40 and 45, it speaks to somebody that is even worse than Antiochus Epiphanes was. Things about him that are future even farther, I think, pointing to the Antichrist who was be ultimately against God. And so where is the reassurance? And as Daniel's book wraps up, the angel is giving him these final words and he's giving him some final reassurance. So I was watching the news last Sunday evening. Now they were bringing these experts on, trying to figure out what happened in Waukesha and how such a tragedy could take place. They asked one of the experts, before much had even taken place, they said to them, so they said, what do you do to a community? How how do you talk to a community when they go through circumstances like this? And he said this, he says, how do you deal with it, the reporter asked him. And he said, well, first you have to accept that it happened. You have to accept the realities of it. And what Daniel's vision shows us and what Daniel chapter 12 starts out with is is God is revealing realities to Daniel that are true. He's revealing realities that God wants him to see. And it says at at verse 12, at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. And then he goes on and explains that time will come to an end. History will come to an end. One of the realities that God revealed to Daniel through this book and through this last vision is that history has an end. It has an absolute end. There is, this is God's story of history, and it's coming to a true and actual end. We have a hard time thinking that, that way. We think of school years coming to ends, vacations coming to an end, and then, but we don't wake up often thinking that this, that this world is coming to a true end. There is an end to history that is going to take place. History has an end. It's heading someplace. There will be an end to the world 
and the way things are. There's going to be a great change. History has an end, but in this history, it also has this great evil, which is what we're seeing. We, we, we understand this. Even at the end, it seems at, the, at, the, at that time, as things are progressively coming to an end, the battle intensifies. It says Michael's going to come because there's going to be a time that, that has, to the nation that has never been seen since that time. The battle intensifies between what God wants and what evil wants. There is, an, there is an evil in history. Daniel has experienced this first time, for firsthand through his 70 years in Babylon. He's, he's been thrown into a fiery furnace. He's seen his friends been, be betrayed. The world that we live in is not going to be fixed. It's simply not fixable. There was an old prophet, or an old commentator who said this about the world. As we look at the world... The world is going to become both better and worse at the same time. We see this. It, it, it becomes better today. I'm glad I live on this side of vaccines uh, than, I, than, than years ago. In some sense, the world becomes better. And also, in some sense, the world is going to become worse. But there is an evil to this. That, 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 that evil, it just will not be fixed. I talked to somebody who this week, I, I, they were talking about the situation they were going through, and they, they texted me, and they said, pray for me. It's, it's, it's going to be a hard road with a lot of pain. And as soon as I said, heard that text, and I was studying Daniel 12, I said, that just describes life. It's a hard road with a lot of pain. There's the old story of this little five-year-old going off to kindergarten. Her mom put her off on the, the first day. She walks out to the bus. Her mom, the bus takes off. A few moments later, there's a knock at the door. Mom opens the door. The little girl's standing there, and she says, well, you're supposed to be at school. And this is her second day of school. And she says, uh, I don't want to go. And she goes, why not? She goes, well, it's long, it's hard, and it's boring. And her mom said, that's life. Get on the bus. <laughs> this is the world that we live in. It is filled with all kinds of evils. There's, there's a history that's going to come to an end. There is a history that has an evil. The, the, the battle is intensifying here. It's not, it's not lightening up. But there, are, there is in history an evaluation is going to come. There, there's a resurrection. Verse 2, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. It says some. Just a few people? No, the word some, many in Hebrew uses the word, which means all. There is going to be in this history that's coming to an end, that's filled with evil, there is going to be a resurrection for all of us. Some to a resurrection of life and some to a resurrection of contempt. This is the direction of your life. This is the question you have to deal with. As you're looking at life and you're looking at your history, it's going to come to an end and there's going to be a question, there'll be a resurrection, whether there'll be a resurrection of you going to a resurrection of life or you going to a resurrection of contempt, of shame, separated from God for all of us. This is the direction that history's going. And Daniel sees all this, and he hears all this. And the angel says, shut, 
Shut the book up, Daniels. Write it down, seal the book until the time of the end. Meaning this is reality. This is the way it is. We live, we die, and then there will be a resurrection. And the question is, where will you be in that resurrection? It says in verse 4, but shut the book up, shut the words up and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So this is the world that we that we, we live in, that there's, there's, there's this reality that history is coming to an end. There's this reality that the world is filled. There's evil, there's chaos, there's things we just don't understand. There's corruption, there's a resurrection coming. This is the Christian truth. It's not reincarnation. It's not just annihilation. There is a resurrection where people will then go and spend an eternity somewhere. That's the Christian view of truth. That's the Christian view of history, but many are running to and fro, and knowledge is increasing. There's all kinds of technology, there's these advances, there's all this stuff to try to make that reality not true, and people are looking for all the answers everywhere except in the Word of God that's been sealed and written and put away, for this is the truth. These are hard realities, and Daniel hears this. I mean, imagine Imagine being told January 1st of this next year that you instantly get a picture of all that's going to take place to you even in one year's time. Imagine the, the, the shock of some of that. For Daniel, it wasn't just seeing a year. It was seeing into history for thousands of years. And there's these hard realities. And Daniel then has to wrestle. Not just, hear, he hears the realities, and then he has to wrestle with God's realities, is what, what we do as well. We have to wrestle with these realities that are hard for us to understand. And what does Daniel do to it? He, he engages in it. And verse 5 says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood on the side. The, the, the temptation for us when we look at the struggles of chaos, corruption, the, the, the idea that there is a resurrection, that there's a future, there's a history, there is a tendency for us to be like, did he say that there's more trouble coming? That, that's what it said. Our tendency, naturally, is to just want to not have to engage it. To bury our heads, pretend it's not real. That's not what Daniel did. As he wrestled with God with those realities, he looked. He, he kept engaging. Because it said, the, the wise will see. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the, the wise were the one who were able to see this. So Daniel engaged it. He looked up, still struggling with what God is doing in all these things. And two questions came up. He sees two other people on the, on the edges. And the, and, the, and the one in linen, the, the angel over the top. And the, the, the angel looks at all this. He, he hears the story. He hears the picture of history. He hears about that there's a coming, a worse trouble coming. And he, he hears all this. He knows what's going on. The angel asks the question in verse 5, how, shall, how long shall it be till the end? The angel asks this. 
That's why it says in the New Testament that the angels look at the world and they look at grace and what, God's do, what God has done and they are awed by it. The angels are, are looking and hearing all these visions and the angel looks up and says, how long shall it be? And, and Daniel listens. And then his answer is, how will it all be? Those are the two questions of us. Those are the two questions often of our lives when we have tr troubles. How long and how, how did this happen? Why, why did this happen? And the help that we get in all of this, find, the help I find encouraging is verse 8. Daniel's been watching all this and he says, I heard, but I did not understand. That's encouraging for us. Here's Daniel, this, this man of great faith, great resolve, been through all kinds of things. He endured what God had called him to endure. He sees this vision, and his response to it is to wrestle with the reality. How long? How is it going to be? And I just don't understand. I don't understand it. Daniel endured this. If you look at the different visions that he saw in Daniel 7, I mean, he was greatly alarmed and his color changed. In Daniel 8, he got sick when he heard all that was going to take place. In Daniel 10, when he heard what was going to take place for the future, for the people of God, he had great fear. He had no strength. The angel had to, to prop him up. Because I just, I just don't understand. It, it's okay. It's okay to say that when you're going through difficulties and you're wondering what God's doing. And you're wondering, how can you sing the Lord's song in the midst of a struggle? We, we don't have to have it all figured out. You don't need somebody else to come over and tell you how to get it figured out. You can stand with Daniel and say, I'm looking at chaos in my life. I'm looking at corruption. I'm looking at confusion. And I don't understand right now. But in that, he says, I don't understand. And, but he had questions. He wrestled with it. But he allowed his mind to get expanded. Verse 9 says, the angel said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the end of time. He says, he didn't get an answer. He said, just keep going your way. You're struggling, you're wondering, there's, there's, there's a lot of pain and struggle coming. Get up, go to work tomorrow, Daniel. Go, go keep engaging with God, keep asking your questions, keep wondering, but get up and just go your way. Stand in front of that class tomorrow and teach. Go to the office and do what you're supposed to do there. Put that thing together. Go in the way. He expanded your mind because here's what he knew. Here's what he did know. He knew that the limit, there, there was a limit to the suffering. He knew that there was, the length of it was being controlled by a sovereign Savior, and he knew the logic of it, which was to refine people. Verse 10, many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. Oftentimes, for Christians, when we come to situations that we're having difficulties with, we can't figure out the how, the how long, or the why. 
instead of wrestling with those realities, we want to walk away and we forget that the reality is, even for Daniel, disillusionment, disappointment, and deep wonder is the normal Christian life. That's just, that's the norm. But in those norms, there's these great assurances. The book of Daniel assumes we will find living in the world difficult, that we will regularly find ourselves in need of asking for help, asking how long, how will this end. That, that's, that's the normal expectation of the book of Daniel. And God comes in with that normal expectation and he gives a book offering just some reassurances, some reinforcements to help fuel the people of God as they are walking through this history where more trouble is actually going to come. And he gives us these reinforcements that, that, that God gives us to fuel us. And verses 11 and 12 says this, And from that time, and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way. This is a tough passage in the Bible. There's been, this is a tough, tough questions. What, what's, what are all these numbers mean? What, what is this supposed to tell us? What I believe it tells us is that we're supposed to pers persevere. There is a great tribulation. There is a tribulation for the people of God. In Revelation chapter 1, John doesn't say that a tribulation is coming. If you read Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, he says, I'm with you in the tribulation. And then he writes the book. The trouble is coming. And Daniel sees all this. And James chapter 5 tells us, be patient, persevere, see the, how the prophets lived, and then persevere with them. And there's these, these numbers, 1,290 days, 1,335 days, times, times, times and a half. There's been all kinds of speculation, all kinds of books written about what that means and what they mean. And you can spend all day trying to figure it out. God's intent for writing the book of Daniel wasn't for you to know the times, wasn't for you to know exactly when this was going to take place. His reason for giving us Daniel for, was for this reinforcement that there's a time and times and a half coming. We don't know when or what exactly that is or how that will exactly will be, but he tells us to be solid for 1,290 days, but blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 135th day. There's a three and a half year thing in there and then there's all this and all these speculations, but they all point to the idea to persevere to persevere. It says 1,290 days, persevere. But blessed is the one who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. I used to tell the boys when they did track, because I'd run through the finish line. 
I would see so many kids, and, you, and, and they would be on a, in a race, and they'd see the line coming up, and right before they got to the line, they would pull up, and right when they pulled up, somebody else would pass them, and they would get second. Or a football player, he's going to the end zone, and he thinks he's got it, and he slows down right before he crosses the end zone, and somebody strips the ball from him, and he doesn't get the touchdown. So I always say, run through the finish line. Don't stop at the finish line. Run past the finish line. This is what I think it's saying. Blessed is he who arrives at the the 1,335. Blessed is he who just perseveres. Keep persevering. The the reinforcement of God for our lives is we don't know what chaos, corruption, and struggle is coming. We don't know the persecution we may face. We don't, we don't know when, but we do know a sovereign God has said there's a limit to it, and we do know a sovereign God is going to come, and we will be held accountable for it with our lives, and we are called to persevere. So I would encourage us with Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. The reinforcement that God, I think, gives us to fuel us this is this. Dwell on the things that he has revealed. Spend all your energy looking at what he's revealed to, that he has revealed to us in his word. Figure out what life looks like. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. Through his, his word, he gives us scripture so that we can study it and see it and we can know what's, what he's, what's been revealed to us. Dwell on what has been revealed. And on the things that have been sealed, depend on the one who sealed them. Depend on a God who's good, who's holy, who's just, who's righteous. And then declare that the one who shares in our humanity. What we have for our hope and resurrection is Jesus Christ. A God who knows the chaos, knows the corruption, knows the evil, and he entered into our worlds for us. He entered as a little baby, needing to be taken care of by his mother and his father. God with us. Emmanuel, he dwelt with us. He entered into our world so he could understand your suffering. He understands the chaos. He understands and feels the confusion. There is no other God like that. There's no God who knows it all, has experienced it all. And so we need to dwell on what he's revealed to us, depend on him for the things that he's sealed, and just declare Jesus, who is the one who has come for us. That's our hope. That's our reinforcement. Last week, the Indianapolis Colts won a big game against the Buffalo Bills, and their coach, Frank Reich, is a Christian. He was a former seminary professor, a pastor, and now he's been their head coach for the last few years. And years ago, he was a football player who made a big win when he played for Buffalo. And 30 years later, he had another big win last week. And at his press conference, he walked up to the podium for all the world to hear. And he said this, I I want to offer a word of encouragement to anyone out there who is in the midst of a struggle. 
says, I want to give a personal account where I found strength in the journey. And he goes, 30 years ago, I quoted the lyrics to this song, and 30 years later, I'm quoting the lyrics, I quoted the lyrics again to the players in the locker room. Not because we're looking to the past, not because we're looking to what's been done, but we're looking to the struggle. And he said, we've been looking at our season as a Mount Everest, and we're climbing this mountain. He goes, but what gives me hope, what gives me reinforcement, the encouragement I have is in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. And he quoted the song by, in Christ alone by Sean Craig. And he said, I, with the words, in Christ alone, I place my trust and I find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me that my source of strength and my source of hope is Christ alone. Daniel did the same thing. He looked forward to the promise that a Messiah was coming. He didn't understand it all. He saw tragedy. He struggled with those realities. But he trusted in the one who told him to seal the book. And he was encouraged by it. It reinforced his faith. Dwell on the things that God has revealed to us. Trust in the one who hides things from us. And declare your faith in Jesus Christ. Because there's a resurrection coming. And our hope is in Christ alone.